Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast presented by betonline.ag here on the Belief Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. The wait is finally over. Football is back, and you might not be at the game this year, at least most of us, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. For those of you keeping track of our best bets over the last few weeks, this past weekend was by far our best undefeated this week. 6-0, 7-0 if you're including our Arizona Cardinals over the Jets pick, which we threw in at the end of the show. But pumping out winners on the New York Football Podcast, courtesy of betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. There's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the New York Football Podcast. I am your host, Steven Tino Rodriguez. And you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, the Believe website, BLEAV.com. Like, download, rate, and subscribe. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at NYFootballPod, as well as myself. At Tino Rodriguez with a double underscore. Another sharp and on-point show for you guys today. Again, an undefeated weekend for this show. So it's only right we bring back Benny for a three-peat. We went back-to-back last week. We're going to go for the Dynasty three-peat on this show today. And we're going to keep our hot streak going. We are now 25-11-1 on this show after the past winning weekend. And that's not even including Benny's teaser lock of the week that he also cashed. So stick around for Benny Ricciardi's best bets as well as my own. And let's continue to win together. But with that said, let's stay on the winning train and move over to again for another week. The only winning football team in the New York sports area. The Army Black Knights took care of business and narrowly edged out the winless Citadel football team at 14-9. to Quarterback Jamel Jones was looking to build off his first impressive start for the Black Knights, but had a bit of an up-and-down day. Jones completed 4 of 10 passes for 75 yards, a touchdown, and 2 interceptions, adding 17 rushes for 49 yards and a rushing touchdown. Not the prettiest win for the Black Knights and definitely did not cover their significant 3-4 to possession spread, depending on where you got it. But Army still remains a winning football team in the New York area at 4-1, and one, and they will head on the road and face one of their hardest challenges yet this Saturday as they travel to Texas and take on the UTSA Roadrunners. The Black Knights open as 7-point favorites with both teams sitting at 3-2 and two against the spread. So let's go Knights, go Army. But now that we've addressed the winning, let's just tackle this losing of professional sports that are in the New York area right now. The Giants and the Jets still are winless. It's an elephant in the room. We can't really be happy about anything on this show other than Army because there's nothing to be happy about. But I'm going to start with the Jets because 
I don't have to say all that much. I mean, things are starting to take the tumble at 0-5. Way worse than they are for the Giants. Obviously, the Giants put together their best performance, and we'll tackle that in a second. But Adam Gaze has the Jets primed for pick 1-1, and I don't even think he's trying very hard to do so. The offensive genius of Adam Gaze has the Jets dead last, as the Giants have now passed them. Thank God. Uh, the Jets and the offensive genius in Gaze are now the worst scoring offense in the NFL, averaging 15 points per game. The Jets have dropped to 0-5 following their 30-10 loss to the Cardinals. And just to summarize how bad this offense has been, in the first half, the Jets had six possessions, and only one of those drives lasted longer than six offensive plays. The first two drives were three and out, and then to follow that, two of them had one first down barely, and it was then followed by a punt in like six plays, six total plays. So, not great. And if you're wondering how the team feels about it, well, of course, the only person left on that team who will probably actually care is Le'Veon Bell, who just came back from injury this past week, got activated from the IR, and immediately took to social media, as he always does, but took to, took to social media and was liking a ton of tweets about how he had one target in the passing game on Sunday, the entire game. Against the Cardinals, they were down 20. What else could they be doing? And now most of them were suggesting the Jets should trade Lev. If the plan is to use him the way Gase is using him, then trade him. What's the point? Get him out of there. You're not even utilizing him. And now courtesy of Bleacher Report Gridiron on Twitter, Gase defended himself saying, I hate that's the route we go with all this instead of just talking to me about it. But that seems to be the way guys want to do it nowadays, end quote. And naturally, Gase is going to take zero blame for this. Not going to address the fact that He's talking about his play calling, and as if Lev and him haven't had beef prior this entire season, maybe as most recent as the beginning of this season, but now, according to Bleacher Report, as of today, Tuesday, October 13th, the Jets are shopping Le'Veon Bell, which is no surprise to me on this show. I've been calling this since January, and the fact that Jamal Adams left before him was a surprise to me. I had no idea how that happened, but here we are, no more than about a month and a half later. Lev Bell will now be traded to a winning team, and you will see. And you know what? Even if it's to a losing team, he's going to go to a team and matter. And you're going to see how you should utilize Le'Veon Bell, who should still be one of the best backs in this league. Yes, he took a year off, but he has plenty of playmaking ability left in there, and Adam Gase just cripples it. And I knew this would happen. The Frank Gore signing was going to show that. And just the way he operates as a coach was going to not utilize Le'Veon Bell's skills. He didn't even want him on the team to begin with. So in no way could you have imagined that this was going to work out well. And Lev tried to be a team player about it, but clearly it's not working. So it's time for him to go. And wherever he goes, it's going to be better than what's going on right now. So to all you Le'Veon Bell fantasy owners, dynasty owners... Be happy because I actually bought low on Le'Veon Bell this past offseason for this thought in mind. Yes, write out the Jets stuff. Write it out because once he goes to another team, we should hopefully see the Le'Veon Bell we saw in Pittsburgh. At least a glimpse, at least a shimmer of it, at least more than one target a game and 60 rushing yards, which is what just happened against the Cardinals defense, which isn't very good. So... Happy trails to Le'Veon Bell wherever he goes by the time you guys listen to this. By Wednesday afternoon, who knows what will happen. But 
He is being shopped, and I would not be surprised if Lev is gone by the end of this week. And one more comment. What, one last thing I want to state on this Jets team. Yes, they rank dead last. And I've said everyone's panicking about the Giants getting 1-1. It'll never happen because they're going to keep Adam Gaze as the head coach there to get the 1-1. And whether they trade Sam Darnold or trade the 1-1, whatever, they're getting it. But Rich Semini over at ESPN pointed this out. Nice little stat here. The Jets are only one of four teams over the last 30 years to lose each of their first five games by multiple scores. Multiple scores. And Adam Gase is still the head coach. If you don't think he's going to be there for a lot longer than he is right now this season, the fact that he's trading everyone away and everyone's taking heat but him, you have another thing coming. But let's move on. I digress on the Jets. And let's talk about some slightly positive news. And no, I'm not talking about a New York Giants win. That isn't the positive news, unfortunately. But the Giants offense finally scored a touchdown. And so did the defense, might I add. Putting an end to a two and a half weeks of misery since I was actually able to enjoy a football game. And I was enjoying this game for a while. There were ups and downs. Unfortunately, the Giants still lost in their best game of the season to the Cowboys and the NFL referees 37-34 to at the buzzer on a game-winning field goal. And now, I know what everyone's doing right now. They're going to harp and be critical of Daniel Jones. Everyone wants to... Go for Daniel Jones's head. The Giants are going to be in the top five, and there's going to be quarterbacks, and it's every week. It's an every week thing. I'm used to it now. I'm numb to it, and no one's thinking reasonable, and they think you're delusional if you're not critical on Danny. You can be critical in terms of film on a second-year young quarterback, but we're not losing games because of Daniel Jones, and yes, until he throws a touchdown pass, people are going to bitch about it, but you know what? He didn't have to throw a touchdown pass this week, and... He did, but guess what? They called it back. Like, they called back two on us. And instead of harping on what the Giants could do better and how the offensive line looked, I just want to quickly touch on the fact that those referees' back pockets must have left AT&T Stadium looking fat on Sunday. They took two TDs off the board. And if that wasn't enough, they missed an obvious holding call at the end of the game of Dallas's game-winning drive. And the ref was reaching into his pocket for the flag. The first one, fine. Cam Fleming wasn't exactly set for the fake field goal. So be it. We still got the three points. Okay. But the offensive P.I. on what should have been Daniel Jones' passing touchdown on a rub route to Darius Slayton was absolute horseshit. If you don't want your cornerbacks running into each other, do not play uh, play press man-to-man coverage at the line of scrimmage where rub routes eat. That isn't OPI. That's just, that's what happens on defense when you play that close to the line of scrimmage and try to jam guys. That's the point of a rub route, to get off that. And it worked beautifully, but because he was so wide open and the Dallas Cowboys defense looked so shitty, something had to be wrong, right? Something had to be wrong. Back pockets must have looked fat in Dallas because what a joke the end of that game was. That holding call. It's a shame. It was a shame because it looked like it could have been a very good ending to a game and there's got to be a lot of uncertainty. And nothing makes it worse than referee officials talking about how they missed the call the next day. It's like, don't give me that. Get it right on the field. That's what the point is. It's a shame. And one, my final comment on this while everyone loses their heads about things because the Giants are 0-5 now. It's what Joe Judge said during his post-game press conference. 
the record's going to come. The wins are going to come. What's really important, and this is something I talk about with Clapback Sports, is the progress we're seeing. And now aside from our wide receivers not getting separation and Jason Garrett's vanilla play calling, there is definitely progress. The Giants are no longer the worst offense in the league. We're second worst. That's progress. Not great progress, but progress. It's got to be little things. And look, the division is still terrible. And Dallas has two wins in first place. And they got an uphill battle, to say the least. They don't have Dak for the rest of the year. I'm not convinced the Red Rifle is just going to go on and just ride off into the sunset for the NFC East. The Dallas defense is still terrible. And without Dak, I don't know how they're just going to produce points. But regardless, it's clear our offensive line needs work. And if the Giants did draft in the top five, instead of looking at a worst-case scenario and, like, glass half empty, like, we could only tank for Trevor, Trevor's the only prospect in there. No, the Giants could really use Penny Sewell from Oregon to solidify this offensive line for years to come. These people think so narrow-minded out there that it's only a tank for Trevor Sweepstakes. There are a lot of talented prospects in this upcoming draft class, and if you are just looking at Trevor, you are looking at this completely wrong. Either way, the Giants are their first win of the season this upcoming Sunday as they host a Washington football team that is probably going to be led by either Kyle Allen or Alex Smith, who can't really run, and I think there's going to be a gigantic defensive day for the Giants' upcoming Sunday. They open as three-point favorites, the first time they've been a favorite in a game this season, and it's time to move past it. It's time to get a win, and it's time to progress for this Giants team. They deserve it. It's to the point where the win is coming. They just need to take care of business on Sunday and beat a Washington football team that isn't very good and is on possibly their third quarterback who is surprisingly playing football again, which, by the way, I mean, shout-out to Alex Smith. For coming back, it's crazy to think that he's come all the way back to this point. But here we are, man. Uh, I mean, good for him. I just get terrified to see how he plays out there because I just don't want him to get hurt again. It's a great comeback story, but football is a dangerous game. You saw what just happened to Dak, and he was fully healthy and primed for a $100 million contract. So a guy like Alex Smith who's battling it back, things happen so fast and so Stay upright. I'm rooting for him, but not this Sunday. Whether him or Kyle Allen starts, the Giants need a win in the worst way, and I feel it coming this time. But with that said, let's keep the ball rolling and move on to some more winning. Again, let me state this, 26-11-1 overall on this show, and me and Benny are back and will look to make an even better profit this weekend. As always, we're going to find value in these early lines. Let you guys know which way we're leaning for our best bets. So lock in, get ready, and listen to our advice. Here he is, Benny Ricciardi. All right, now... For the third time, we're going for the three-peat dynasty, like the Bulls in the 90s right now. Three episodes in a row, we have Benny Ricciardi on the show, at BennyR11. Dude, welcome, welcome, welcome. Three welcomes. <laughs> I like it. I like the three welcomes. Hey, listen, I told you, as long as we keep winning money for uh, for the listeners here, I said I'll keep coming on. So 
the big bet of last week was the teaser. Both sides of that hit was pretty good. A little, little got a little scary in that Steelers game there for a little bit, but uh, you know they both came through for us there. So we won again. We'll we'll come on again. We'll talk about the slate again, and we'll see what happens. So yeah, it it was definitely an improvement from the first time. Now I was so overwhelmed with the success we had last week that I forgot. Well, we've done this three times. The first time. We did well. We did all right. We did about what you'd expect. I'd say we were 60%. No one can bat the way we hit last week. From start to finish, Thursday to Monday night, I mean, we had a jump on everything. It was nuts. The home dogs, we even took a shot on the Texans, and that worked out. Told you the Giants would cover. I fucking told you the Giants would cover. Um, In a crazy way, the Bears covered. They actually won that outright. Uh, Crazy stuff. Browns we had. And... Now, I was waiting to bring this up. Early line, Benny. Remember I told you that Viking Seattle fucking over-under was at 57 and a half. I was like, that's a lot. We talked about it. Went all the way down to 54 and a half come game time. And it still went under. I told you, fuck her cousins in prime time. The under hit. So, you know what? I mean, the cool thing about doing podcasts is sometimes shit happens in in live (laughs) time while we're on air right now. And as you can see from the stunned look on my face, I just got about five text messages, and I'm like, why is everybody texting me Le'Veon Bell? The Jets just released Le'Veon Bell. They're not even going to trade him? I, I'm looking at the text messages right now, and I just looked at Twitter while you, were, while you were talking here. And you know I'm a big Jets fan right here. Wow. The Jets wow. literally just released Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell can help teams this year. Well, I talked about it before I got on this show, and I think I'm going to keep it in, so it'll be – Nice for people to hear this. So tape the first part this morning. Me and Benny are here Tuesday night while the uh, Bills game is on. And I had said, I saw him leaving before Jamal. And, like, you, you saw when he came back last week, Adam Gase refused to even incorporate him in the offense, similar to what we saw when he first started. And it's not that he didn't get touches or yards, but the one target thing obviously rubbed him the wrong way. You got to use him in the passing game. And I think Gase just doesn't like how Bell goes about it, but I have zero problem what Le'Veon Bell has done with the Jets so far in that situation. It's, it's, it's a joke, man. Gase obviously didn't want him there from the beginning, and then it just got weird. It was weird to watch on the field because you knew it was like, get out. It was like Le'Veon Bell was just like in this place that he couldn't be you know, himself. It was very apparent Le'Veon Bell wasn't himself. And he's going to help another team. You're right, Benny. I, I just don't know what team he's going to go to. I, I, I have lots of thoughts rolling through my head right now. And, you know, I'm a big Jets fan. I've been a lifelong Jets fan. I have suffered for 40 years at this point. Um, here's all I'm going to say is from this organization sucks from the top down. And that's why, that's why there's a problem. Because Le'Veon Bell was signed by one GM. Then you went out and signed Adam Gase as the coach. And then you got another GM because Gase didn't get along with the GM that was here. Like, that's just not the way a functional organization operates. You go out, you, 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 you literally got yourself to a point where you went and got the rookie quarterback and had all the salary cap freed up to go do it, which is actually kind of the right way. Really, you should probably build the team before you go get the rookie quarterback, but at least you were on the right path to build a good team. And then you go out and you spend all this money on Le'Veon Bell, which, okay, that was one way you could have went about doing it. With the rookie quarterback, that made sense because you were able to get them in there salary-wise. But then you don't use them. Like, if you're going to go drop 
a huge amount of money on a guy and bring him in and make him the cornerstone of your franchise, if that's the, the rebuild that you Jet fans waited three years to finally happen, you don't cut him a year later because of your head coach who, honestly, I don't understand what the thought process is here because this is an Adam Gase move. Like, this is, he, they got rid of him because Gase doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. Are you really telling me then as a Jet fan that I'm going to be stuck with Adam Gates now for, like, multiple years? Because if you're going to get rid of this guy, which is what everybody with half a brain in football thinks should happen, why are you letting this guy drive the moves that your team is making? So, to me, this is the double shot because now I don't even have a decent running back on my team, which is one of the few things that you at least could hang your hat on as a Jet fan. And on top of it, now I know – that Adam Gase is going to be here for more than just the season. Like that's that's disturbing. That's disturbing. <laughs> that's like I don't even know how to I don't even know how to process this. Well, e- even more disturbing, your team going out there um, this weekend against the Dolphins is going to be Joe Flacco and Frank Gore again. So you do have a running back, legendary running back Frank Gore. Uh, let me just say this because to your point, wait, wait, hold on. Can I just can I just interject here for a second? Because <laughs> yeah, this, oh please, this is please, something please. I want to say here real quick. Yes, yeah, I love, to, um, I would love Frank to. Gore. Is Frank Gore is a legend right now? Like when yeah. the world ends, there is going to be Willie Nelson, Keith Richards smoking a joint, and Frank Gore taking handoffs. Like those are. <laughs> The only three things that are going to survive the apocalypse right now. And, and I love Frank Gore for that, but I do not want him in 2020 as a starting running back for my football team. Yeah, I'd love to see Michael P. Ryan out there. But what I was going to say is that you're right. They freed up all this cap space. And when they got Lev, they also went out and signed a bunch of people. You know, you had Mosley, who you've gotten nothing out of the last two seasons, of he course. Played, he played half a game and dominated. And then <laughs> I have not seen him yet. And I haven't seen him in a jet uniform against it. It'll get him to another contract and to another team probably at this rate. Uh, yeah, Tremaine Johnson was a waste. Yeah, you had Robbie. He's gone. Uh, oh, of yeah. all the guards to let go too. Like, like that's my thing. It's like you spent money on useless parts and you let – like look at all the guys in the Jets that are dominating other teams right now. Like, Levin's going to dominate too. Like Jones, I don't know Jones, why they give other teams. Like, there's, there's Jets all over the place. The Mario Davis, like – all these guys were wore Jets uniforms at one time, and now they're all like, you know, PFF top fucking graded <laughs> studs, and they're on other teams. And we kept like we kept trash, we kept trash, and we let good players walk out the door. I don't get it. No, get you're it. right. I think it all went downhill too because you almost had Anthony Barr as well. And I remember I was thinking I was like, wow, the Jets get Anthony Barr. Then you're looking at Mosley Barr. You had a lot of other pieces there. I'm dated on the Jets to two years now, so I can't really remember the rest of the core there, but obviously you still had Jamal there. Um, it would have been nuts, and then it didn't happen, and then he stood with the Vikings, and slowly the world crumbled, and you were back into Jets land of just, like, things that can will go wrong here. For, for whatever reason, I don't know. Well, Anything just- good. Jamal did not deserve to leave. No. And I knew it was coming because it's just the way it happens. It's so frustrating. I know. I, I, like, I'm frustrated for you. See, here's, here's the problem as a, as a Jets fan right now is you, you, let, you let the identity of the team walk out the door, which means that now this is going to – the identity of the team is Adam Gase. Like, I, I don't want that. I don't, I, like, I'm a Jets fan. I am going to root for the Jets until the day I die. At some point, they're going to make a Super Bowl. Hopefully I am still upright and walking to be able to attend because I don't care. I'll drop whatever money I have to drop on Super Bowl tickets to go see the Jets play in the Super Bowl because it's truly probably, if even once in a lifetime, kind of experience. So I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. going to make sure I get there yeah. at, at this point in my life. But, I mean, 
it's it, it, it's disheartening when you know like listen i had a i had a jamal adams jersey i love jamal adams jamal adams was the jets when you think about teams and a player pops up like he was the guy who you thought of when you're like the jets oh it's jamal adams team this now it's adam gase's team and the thing is like what is that what what's our identity we don't run well we don't throw well we don't play defense particularly well like what is what is our identity as a football team? How do you win games when you don't have a when you don't have a strike? Sam Darnold. I, I just like Sam Darnold's next. Like that's all I'm thinking about as you're saying this, and you already hear it. It's like, oh, you're either trading Darnold or you're trading the one one. And it's just like neither of that should be the move. Like as I saw it, like coming down to it, like this is what bothered me about the Jamal Adams signing, because you knew the there were issues with Lev, and that was a matter of when it rolled. It rolled from last season, and you thought he was going to get traded, and he didn't. And then you're like, okay, well, if shit hits the fan this year, he's just going to get traded again. And then it's like, okay, if you're going to trade Lev, who should be the cornerstone of your, uh, cornerstone of your offense, then why are you going to let the cornerstone of your defense also go? Like you lose both identities. I just said, you know, to your point, it's to your point. It, it just it baffles me, and they're just going to give the guy the key to the kingdom, and I don't know why. I don't and, know why Adam Gase is getting the keys. And, and here's why the front office move is stupid, because, all right, you got Sam Darnold. You got a young quarterback in there. You got him when he was, like, 20, 21 years old. So he was really young when he came in there, which means that on his rookie deal, he's going to be off his rookie deal in, like, two more years, I think, when he's, like, 25 years old or 26 years old. So here you have a talent. Like, he is talented. He's a talented guy. He, he needs better coaching, obviously. He needs better pieces around him. He needs an offensive line that can protect him if you, if you really want to see him you know, go out there and like, you know, do something, you know, do something at some point in his career, but he's going to be a 26 year old free agent. You really think this motherfucker is going to resign with you? Like you're going to have to franchise him to keep him for an extra year. If I'm, if I'm his agents, I figure out some way to like hold out as long as I can. So I don't have to play that many games for the jets. Like, and then he's going to walk. So now you, you let your, you let Jamal Adams, who was your cornerstone defense top pick walk. You let Lev Bell, who was the guy you spent all the money on a free agent, walk for nothing. And now you're going to probably wind up letting Sam Darnold walk out the front door for nothing. Like, as a Jets fan, we're, we're not even back to zero. We're, like, negative four right now. Before we, we, we still need to put pieces in place before we can even be in place to, to start adding free. Because this Lev Bell thing is going to leave dead cap room now for the next couple of years, too. Like, this, there's just so many reasons this is stupid. Yeah, the release is nuts. The release is the craziest part to me. This morning, again, I was taping this morning, and I'm here talking about how, okay, he can get traded. Like, here it is. This is coming up. Like, you know, whether he's going to sit out this game or some shit. Like, I'm looking at things like that. And, you know, in a matter of hours, they just decide to go ahead and release him for fucking nothing. Nothing at all. Bro, we got we to start talking some betting for this week because I'm getting I'm – getting... Well, you know what? I, I'm just getting upset about this right now. There's, not, there's nothing good that's going to – I could talk for two hours about the Jets right now, and I don't want to. Well, it's great that this show talks about early lines on things because the Jets were eight-point underdogs going into Miami. We'll see where that line jumps to. We'll get to that in the 4 p.m. games. We'll start, though, with the fact that there is no Thursday night game. Uh, we tried to hit you know, the Thursdays, 1-4. We're, we're going to go through the slate. No Thursday. Shit ton of 1 p.m. games. We're not going to do all of them because there's literally a million um, and because of COVID. So we're going to have two Monday night games. It's because the Bills are playing as we speak on Tuesday night, and then they'll also play on Monday night. I think they were supposed to be the Thursday night game. Um, 
So with that said, here we go. 1 p.m. This is an interesting matchup for me because you know I like to look for home dogs and certain situations. The Baltimore Ravens, who easily won this past weekend, uh, uh, this past weekend against the Bengals, uh, will travel to Philadelphia and take on the Eagles. The Ravens are four and one and are seven and a half point favorites. The Eagles are one three and one after a relatively hard fought game against the Steelers. I, I think this is an interesting matchup because you never really know what the Eagles and they are letting fans into the link. So it's kind of a big matchup against Baltimore that, to be honest, I don't know. They look like a comped flame lately. They're still on fire. They're still explosive. But for whatever reason, it seems like they're moving in slow motion. So early, you want to jump on the Ravens here. But the 7.5 makes me think, to your point from last week, this is a game you definitely would like to tease if you like the Ravens here. Where do you sit at it uh, at this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of on the market with my numbers, so I agree with you though. I don't I don't see the Eagles beating the Ravens. So if the way to play this game for me is teasing it down to one and a half, I have Baltimore as the the number two team in my power rankings right now overall, and I have them about seven points above an average NFL team. So like you know the baseline number. I have the Eagles slightly below that. So like I would make on a neutral field, I would make this a, a nine point spread. Again, you know, one and a half, if that's what you're using for home field advantage. Like, so my number would be, I I get the seven and a half number. I think that's exactly where it should be. So I don't really have a play that way, but I don't mind the Ravens tease down to one and a half because I don't see any way that the Eagles win this game. So to me, that's probably the only way I'd play this. But if I had to pick a side, I think it's more likely the Ravens beat the Eagles by two or three touchdowns than it is that the Eagles keep this within one touchdown. Because right now the Eagles offense is ranked 31st, um, DVOA, it's, uh, you know, the metric that football outsiders use where they kind of try to take every team and smooth their schedule out based that, like, if it was against a league average opponent, which means that the Eagles offense has just been horrendous here. And Baltimore's defense, with the exception of the Kansas City game, has pretty much shut down everybody that they played. So I I don't see how a banged up Eagles team is really going to do much here in this matchup. So like I said, if I had to bet aside, it would be the Ravens. But the way I'm playing it is uh, as part of teasers. They are one of my favorite teaser plays. There's there's three that I really like this week, and that's one of them. Yeah. You know, now that I understand and wrap my head around teasers, I now know how to spot it, you know. You can teach a man to fish. That, well, that's what I go through. <laughs> you know, I try to give you guys. Well, listen, it makes sense. Sports betting is not that hard. I mean, you're going to – you got to realize that you're going to lose – about half the bets you make anyway but if you make smart bets you can win a little bit above half the bets that you make and that's how you make a profit so i told you i'd make a teaser um and i made a five league teaser including the giants 13 and a half because you're like you can do that too and i did it and it worked and uh yeah i won my first teaser and now i'm kind of hooked on it i get it you got to fork over a little bit more but they are smart bets for the most part i will say this and again you know if you have access to things other than DraftKings or FanDuel. So like, you know, us in New Jersey, a lot of our, a lot of the international books won't even do business with us in New Jersey now because, uh, because of this. But if you have access to better books than DraftKings and FanDuel, DraftKings and FanDuel charge you a lot of money for teasers. So if you have other outlets, other outs that you could use, you're probably better off betting them offshores or, uh, you know, through your local wise guy or something like that. Not, not that I'm not that I'm promoting that, you know, I'm not telling you to break the law, but you know, there's some of you that, that may, 
And if you do, you usually get better uh, better odds than you do when you play the teasers through uh, a lot of the online books, at least the recreational ones. Just ask a guy. Just ask, ask a friend is what he's saying. That's all. We're not doing anything crazy. We just ask a friend. Also, another thing to note in this game, 47.5 is the over-under total. The Ravens had shut teams down defensively. Obviously, they embarrassed the Bengals last week. Um, mm-hmm. They run up the score on good teams. So I, the only way I don't see this over-covering, though, because I feel like that even – that's low for the Ravens just because of what they're capable of scoring. You know, if they score 35, the Eagles got to score two touchdowns, will they? I don't know. Um, but it's a little low. If the Eagles get blown out, uh, I don't see that hitting. But I kind of like the over there. Um, if I can get it at 47, it'd be great. But probably 47 and a half is the number. Probably go to 48 because that's easy. That's, that's an easy number to cover. Um, yeah, I, want, I wanted to see it below 47 because I'm looking like 30-17 for this mm-hmm. game. You know what I mean? Or maybe even like, you know. 37 10 or something like that I, w- I wouldn't be shocked of either like if the Ravens win this game it, it's probably going to be high scoring I don't think the Eagles can score a lot of points so yeah. even for the Eagles to keep this close like if the Eagles are going to keep this within seven and a half you're looking at like 24 17 because if it gets any higher than that I don't see how the Eagles keep up I don't see the Eagles putting up 28 points with that group of wide receivers that they have right now that they're running out there and did you see what happened with Zach Ertz this week? I mean, nothing happened. He just didn't do anything. I mean, wh- where did he go? It's so crazy. crazy. One, of, one, of my, one of my buddies that's, like, big into the, uh, the, next genera- the next-gen stats and all that stuff was actually kind of breaking this down for me a little bit the other day. One of the things that uh, Ertz has always been good at is kind of just, like, running over people and getting to the spots that he wants to get to. And he's been getting beat up and knocked off the ball a little bit. So, I don't know. I mean, people get old. It happens. Mm. I can tell you that. I can tell you that firsthand, man. You, you know, <laughs> you, you, you start getting old and like, you know, even, even athletically, like you go out, you know, I run out and play basketball now and I try to do things that I used to be able to do. And my body's just like, nah, dude, you can't do that anymore. So. <laughs> well, I you get know, that. You, you, well, gotta, they, you gotta adjust a little bit. They don't have Goddard is really the thing. You just think that, you know, all that stuff would flush down to earth. It just hasn't necessarily worked that way. Um, but let's keep going. Let us keep going, and this is an interesting matchup to me because uh, they were a win for us last week, and this other side of the ball is actually someone you particularly like. So the Bears at 4-1 and one are going to go on the road to Carolina, 3-2, and two, as a road dog, two-and-a-half-point road dog over-under is 44. The Bears beat the Bucks at home narrowly. The Panthers – are they a wagon? What am I? I don't know what I'm looking at anymore. I mean, Matt Rule's got to figure it out over there. Right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on. I, they're the favorite, and I'm kind of terrified of this game. I felt good about the Bears last week. Now I'm kind of worried. I, I don't know. Like I get excited to bet the Bears as an underdog. Obviously, I did it last week, but I feel like I should tread lightly. All right. So here's the deal. I mean, this is part of the analytical approach that I use. I mean, you and I have talked a couple times this season already, and I've been telling you since the beginning of the year, I've been on the bears. The bears are four and one right now. The bears have won money for us this year, both against the spread and a couple times as underdogs as well. So even money line. So at this point I'm playing with house money on the bears. I still have the bears ranked ahead of the Carolina Panthers here. I have the bears about, I think it's two over two and almost two and a half. It might be like 2.3 points better in my in my rating system that I use so even if you factor in the home field advantage I would still have the Bears slightly favored or you know maybe even like favored by a full point or something like that 
on Sunday, I already bet this game. They were getting three. So I said, all right, I think they should be the team. I think they should be the team that, you know, is the favorite in this game, and you're giving me a field goal. And I knew that field goal was not going to last. I even tweeted it out, I think, on Monday. For anybody who follows me, you'll see it. I was like, if you're interested in the Bears, you take the Bears plus three right now because that number is not going to be here later on in the week. And we're talking on Tuesday, and it's already gone. And like I said, I wouldn't – when you're down here below three, it's kind of no man's land. Like, if it's one right now, the Bears minus one, I wouldn't even be shocked. You know, like, it wouldn't even – it's not really that big a move overall. So, if you didn't get the Bears plus three – at plus two and a half, I don't think there's any point in taking plus two and a half. So if you want the Bears now, you just bet the money line. And honestly, I might do that again too at some point this week because even that number I think is going to come down. I saw it when I was looking at it. You could get it at 132 on Sunday night on FanDuel, 123 on DraftKings. I don't even know what it's down to right now. I bet it's down to like maybe plus 110, plus 115, something like that. Yeah, I got uh, plus 125 on here. All right, so plus. 125 still not bad if you get plus 125 right now i'd still take that so that'd be the uh the bear side that i play here well so i'm getting creative now because i always have a tease in mind and i like that if you like so if i bring the ravens down i could bring the bears up past a touchdown even if it went to one mm-hmm. say if it's even at two i mean again i like that i did that with the browns the browns were a part of my teaser it was pretty much you know it was a one point spread i brought them up getting five i mean it was a close game. If it turns into a field goal game, it's nice that you got those points. So, I mean, something to consider as well. I like the Bears, though. You know I'm a money line guy on the Bears. So, that'll definitely be in there. Uh, it's interesting. I think it's because McCaffrey is supposed to come back. Or he, he's eligible to come back off the IR this week. I'm not sure. That's what I had I, heard. But what I was reading, I don't think he's playing this week. And even I if he does – I mean, we talked about this when that first happened. Remember when I was like the running backs don't matter thing? And, and yeah. again – he is the best running back in the league. Don't get me wrong, but has anybody minded having Mike Davis in fantasy the last? He's going year? off. He's been going off. I mean, really, he's play. It's the role, you know. He's playing. And again, was McCaffrey averaging a few more yards per attempt? Absolutely. Is McCaffrey more explosive? Sure. Is he, is he better? I'm not saying he's not, but the difference that it makes in the game is not as big as people think with a with a you know superstar running back like that. But here's the other thing that I want to I want to point out here. Did you really just tell me that you took a team that was minus one and made them plus five? Yeah. Oh, dude, we got to talk about some of the rules of teasers here. All right, that thank you. Like, yeah, you know that is the cardinal. You gave me rule. a look. You Not gave me a look. Zero. Wait. Oh, you don't cross zero. You never cross zero, dude. You never okay. cross zero. You what does that mean? Elaborate. Elaborate. All right. So. All right. So here, here's a good example. Like the Bears here, right? So the Bears mm-hmm. are plus two and a half. So if you take the bear side in the teaser and get six, you're getting it up to eight and a half, right? So you're going through the three, you're going through the seven. Those yes. are key numbers. Those are important numbers that you went through because if you do a, if you do a look back, you know, I, I, the number of years you'd have to double check on because the, the scoring has changed. But if you do a look back over there, the number of games that end on three and seven is somewhere around like 30, 40%. So if you can get through those two numbers, that's a big percentage of numbers that games usually end on. Because think about it. If a team is up 14 at the end of the game, what is the other team doing? The one yeah. team playing prevent defense, the other team's throwing to get back into the game. So there's a lot of games that end on that seven. You know, there's a lot of games that are tied that go down to the end, and one team has the ball and they kick a field goal to win it. So there's a lot of those games that end in three right there. So when you can get through those two numbers, it's key. When you use the six points to go from minus one all the way up to plus five, a lot of those numbers that you're going through are dead numbers. 
You know, same mm. thing as if the game was anything below three. So two and a half, two, one, you know, half, you, you know, something like that. You're going through dead numbers there that games don't end on very often. So really the only thing you did is take a game that's basically a coin flip at minus one mm. and give yourself the protection of them losing by a field goal. So there is, there's obviously a little bit of an advantage there, but the, adva- the number of the advantage, because you're only going through those, the zero and all that stuff, is not big enough to justify doing it there. So one of the cardinal rules of playing teasers is you don't cross the zero. You want to you take teams that are like one, two, or three points and pump them up to nine, or you want to take those teams that are like eight and a half or eight see, that, we'll talk about, that we'll talk about coming up in two of my other favorite plays here and get them down below the seven and the three to the minus two. And another thing, too, is you're always – it's not bad. Like, you can definitely tease away teams, but it's a lot nicer when you can tease home teams, and we have some really good ones that fit in there. For anybody who's interested in this stuff, there's a guy. He wrote a book. I forget his real name, but his pen name was Stanford Wong. Yes, yes. Yeah, he goes through all the teaser strategies and stuff like that. If you're learning how to play this stuff, that's a really good book to kind of give you like the basics before you kind of go and try to use a lot of it in, uh, in practice there. Well, that was much needed. Now, though, I'm thinking in my head, well, what's a home game that you can do exactly what you said? Now, I'm going to take a guess here, mainly because it's the only other game I have written down for 1 p.m. It's the Bengals yep. on the road against the Colts, which yep. is at plus eight. Yep. Um, so is that the game you're talking about to try to bring down in favor of what side? The Colts now? Yeah. So basically, this game started the week at eight and a half. So it did actually move down a little bit. Some Bengals money has come in on it. But um, even at eight and a half, it still works out here. So remember, we want to get below the three and the seven. Those are the key numbers we want to try to cross. So we have a home team here in the Indianapolis Colts. That's minus eight. So you take the six points from the teaser there, you get them down to minus two. We crossed the seven. So now if they win by a touchdown where you would lose a straight bet, we would win our teaser bet. And we got it down below the three. So all they have to do here is win by a, win by a field goal. Now, I'm not going to lie. This game scares me a little bit mm-hmm. because in the um, – what was I going to say? Because Cincy does have an offense that can explode. Now, again, they got shut down last week, but they got shut down by a really good Baltimore Ravens defense. I give the Ravens defense a lot of credit. I also give the Indianapolis Colts defense a lot of credit. Right now – I think they're the number one ranked DVOA defense, or they were going into last week. The problem is they've had, like, some really shitty opponents. Like, they, they haven't exactly played a lot of good teams. So, I know that's opponent-adjusted, but, you know, I, I really like to see a team get tested. That makes me feel a lot better than not seeing them get it's tested. the Jaguars game that is making you worried, and that's what's always in the back of my head with the Colts. That's the thing. I think they're great. I have their defense. I know they're fantastic. And if they're running the ball and Phillip is just throwing, you know, within the numbers and the short game's on point, they can be a very good team and hard to beat. They lost last week. That Jags game was shaky. And, yes, aside from that, they beat the Bears with Nick Foles in his first actual start, smoked the Jets, and beat a Vikings team that, you know, is one and four. And, you know, it's hit or miss. Uh, also to know, I see seven and a half in some places. I'm just kind of looking at an overall. I would have got um, it. That's, that's the direction the game's going in. So I would have yeah. got It's not going to cross the seven, um, and you're probably not even going to get it at seven. Mm. But I can see it seven and a half. I see it going down there. I don't think that's crazy because, again, that's kind of a dead point right there, eight and a half to seven and a half, eight yeah. even. Like I, I still think the money is coming in on that side at more than a touchdown. It would be interesting to see Joey Burrow snap off. I mean, it's definitely possible. Uh, 
plus 300 too. <laughs> See, here's, here's my thing with this game though, right? Yeah. Like the total here is 47 and I even think that might be a little high. Yeah. So like eight points is a lot. Like, are you really, you're expecting this game to be, let's see at eight points, you're down to what? 39. So you're talking 19 and a half. You're expecting this game to be 28, 20, 27, 20, like something like that. Like that's a lot of points to ask Indianapolis to score. Like, I don't think that's really the way they want to play. Like, they score, they'll score 28 if they're down and they're trailing and they're losing, they lose to somebody 35-28. But if they're in control of this game, which is what I kind of think most people think is going to happen, this could be like a 24-14 game. Like, this could just be really low scoring, really boring, a lot of running. Like, that's probably the way I see this game playing out. Well, so, just to talk about it, other than last week, which you talked about, which is pretty much what you saw, the total was – 55 against Cleveland because they got down and they lost that game. The games that they won, 19 to 11, yep. 36 to 7, and then 28-11. So very wild numbers and a few 11s in there. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think this game will probably actually play out a little more, not sloppy, but slower. You know, there's mixing on the other side. They're going to try to run the ball and do some things. Again, the Bengals got steamrolled. I don't think they're that bad. And I don't think, you know, Joe Burrow is just going to crawl in a hole. Uh, obviously, he's the number one overall pick and is capable of big things. So, yeah, that's an interesting game to watch. We can shift over to the 4 p.m. games. Uh, we skipped over the Giants. I don't want to talk about it too much. I was going to mention it on this show, but the Giants are a favorite for the first time all season. Uh, I'm not even relatively scared. They're going to smoke the Redskins, whether Kyle Allen or Alex Smith is starting. Our defense is good enough, and honestly, we, we got hoes this weekend. I, I already talked about it. I already ranted, but do you, do you sit on a side there? Or you just – I wouldn't – you don't even want to touch the game. I, I mean, for me, I think the side is actually Washington. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why it's Washington, and it's not, not to pick on your Giants or anything here, but <laughs> when, you have, when you have two bad teams, anything can happen. Yeah. So if you're going to give me plus money on either one of them, I'm going to take the plus money, like – I don't think I don't think Washington wins, but I think Washington at plus one thirty or whatever they are right here. Um, what's the number on this game? Plus one sixty they were at the beginning of the week. I bet you that number's actually come down. What is it right now? Well, I'm looking at it right now. They're three point dogs on some most places. Two and a half where I got them, plus one thirty here. Ooh, that number's uh, come down a lot then, because that opened on Sunday. It was uh, Washington. I actually bet on it now that I'm looking at it. It was Washington plus three and a half and plus 163. So I took the plus 163 on Sunday. Well, what's, that, what's that down to now? Hold on. Say that one more time. I'm, right, I'm so, looking, <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, so I'm, Sunday, looking, I'm looking Sunday, at the total Sunday night, here. Right, Sunday, Sunday night, the Washington Redskins on DraftKings were plus three. And I'm just looking at my numbers here. So plus three and a half for minus 110. And then the money line on them was plus 163. Yeah. So I took the Redskins at plus 163 on Sunday for a little bit of money. So um, I have them, um, yeah, two and a half plus 125 on DraftKings, if we're looking at DraftKings. All right, so that's good. So I basically got 40 cents of movement in my favor there since Sunday. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if I would take – I wouldn't take the Redskins at less than a field goal. I would have taken them at three and a half too, but I like the money line a little better because, like I said, you're – you're basically going to pay me plus 163 on something that is probably close to a coin flip. Well, so I was looking at the over-under here, and it's very low. It's very low. It's yeah, 43 40. points. It's very low. The yeah. Giants just put together their best offensive performance of the season. 
Uh, Dallas can't stop anybody, and the Redskins' defense is way better than that. But I just wanted to note, 43 points is very low. Daniel Jones tends to do very well against the Redskins, if you saw last season. Um, and they scored a shit ton of points in a overtime game over in Washington to end the season. Uh, not much has changed about these two teams other than Chase Young. So we will see. I think that's low. Maybe if I want to enjoy the game, I'll root for some scoring. Maybe the Giants offense doesn't go on a fucking blank streak of no touchdowns again. But uh, I guess that's why the total's that low, because these offenses could just disappear in a heartbeat. So Yeah, this one, this one opened the total, and this one opened at 44 and a half on DraftKings and FanDuel, actually, on Sunday. So to be down to 43 means that people, people thought it was going to go under at the 44-and-a-half. Now, here at 43, though, you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't play it. I wouldn't touch it at this number. But if you're going to start getting in on it, there's probably going to start being some buyback to the upside. It may go down another half a point or so. Um, but I think it's more likely to go back up to 43-and-a-half than it is to go to 42-and-a-half. So if you want to get in right now, I think the upside at 43 is the way to play it. So the over is the way to play it at that number. I think I'm just not going to bet the Giants game. But I'm very confident they're going to win. That's why I intended to not bring it up, but here we are. I'm, I'm in the rabbit hole. And you know what? While we're, while we're at it, let's talk about one of the two 4 p.m. games here. Unfortunately, there is no other games to watch. So if you're watching Red Zone, this will be on uh, the Jets on the road. I'm going to check the updated line, but they came in as eight-point underdogs uh, against the Miami Dolphins. Miami is 2-3. and three. The Jets are 0-5. Over-under is 47.5. Benny, will you be watching the game? I will be. I watch every Jet game. I, I put myself through that misery on a weekly basis. Um, otherwise, I don't have the right to complain about them anywhere near as much as I do. But more importantly, this is my favorite game to bet on the entire week. This is – and again, we just talked about the teasers here. This is the – Perfect teaser game right now. First off, I think Miami could actually cover the eight if anybody wants to take it. The Jets are that are that bad. It is still at eight as of this yeah. moment. I, I think that I think <laughs> I don't even think that's crazy. Miami looked really good last week. The Jets looked really bad. I mean, that's that's just all there is to it right now. I have Miami here. I don't have Miami rated very high, but that's how low I have the Jets rated that I don't think eight points is a crazy number. Now, on top of it, like we said, the things that you really want are home teams that you can tease through key numbers. This is the perfect game. Miami's at eight. You tease it down to two. You get through the seven. You get through the three. I see no way that the Jets win this football game. So, to me, this is like the lock of the week. This is the, the you know, like I said last week with the, uh, with the Arizona game against the Jets, teasing them down to minus one. This is the key game that I'm using this week where I put all the other games that I'm teasing with this game. So, basically, if Miami doesn't win by three, it's going to be a horrible week for me. But I'm that confident that it's going to happen that I'm putting them with basically everything else and every one of the teasers I made. Well, I'm glad you're that confident because I like them a lot. So much so, I have them in a survivor. I'm in. Five people left. Five people left. I picked a lot of the top dogs. I, it was either the Giants against the Redskins or the Dolphins against the Jets. I had Dolphins against the Jets, and I was like, I got to bet with my head here and not my heart. And – I feel like after the Lev news, I just feel even better about it. Oh, well, absolutely. I don't think that the Le'Veon Bell news makes the Jets a better team or puts the Jets in a better, like, rally around Adam Gase position. They're not going to rally around Adam Gase. They fucking no. hate Adam Gase. Like, that's, <laughs> this is no not going to help. Like, this, They're the know. worst offense in the league now. The Giants have surpassed them, and I think there's no looking back. The, uh, the Adam Gase offense, the guru genius of 
that he likes to call himself, the self-proclaimed, uh, is the worst. Yeah. The actual. I mean, like last week with the Texans, <laughs> like the Texans rallying around Romeo Cornell after they got rid of, uh, of O'Brien. Like, I, I got that. I got that narrative. Like, I could get behind that. I, I don't see the Jets rallying around Adam Gase because he won the fucking war with Le'Veon Bell. Like, I, if anything, they're going to be pissed off. Everyone's going to be like, <laughs> serious? Like, are you serious? We have to go out and play in the middle of a goddamn pandemic for this freaking moron? Like, the heart of it. Miami is like a cesspool of pandemicness. Like, they over there. The Marlins, the Marlins made the playoffs because they got COVID first, sent it out to everyone. They're like, we're just going to deal with this shit on the beach. You guys can deal with it in hotel rooms. Like, stuff I'm fucking, we are good over here. Yeah, so uh, I like the Dolphins. I like the yeah. Dolphins. We can move on. There is a good game at 4 p.m., though, and I'm sure this will get most of the attention. This line has actually been out forever. It hasn't really moved since I saw it uh, like a week ago. The Packers go on the road to play the Tampa Bay Bucks. Packers are 4-0. Their offense is humming. And the Bucks are 3-2 coming off that Thursday night loss against the Bears. Home dogs. Home dogs, Benny. We got one. A very big game here. I think the biggest issue here is the Bucks injuries. I mean, other than that, you'd have to think the Bucks would be favorited. No, I actually don't think the Bucks would be. Favorited. No, no. So I have I have the Packers as pretty high up in my rank. Hold on, let me call my spreadsheet here. I want to. I don't want to lie to you. I want to tell you exactly where they are. No, so please, I have the Packers third, actually, right yeah, behind Kansas wagon. City and Baltimore in my power rankings at a five point two. I have Tampa Bay um, down right now at ninth at just below three so to me the difference in this game is almost two and a half and then you adjust for Tampa Bay being home so you know again I don't give a full one and a half points this year I'm giving more like maybe one so for me the spread should have been like one and a half which is what it opened at on Sunday because I literally have all the math written down here and right next to it I have been big uh and big letters I have on market. So I, I, I think that the odds makers have the number exactly right here. Hmm. Well, nonetheless, I like the Packers early, but I think the difference in this game has to be on the Bucks defense. Uh, I think Brady, obviously, another guy is probably going to be on a redemption tour. He didn't look very good uh, against Chicago. I haven't really been sold on Brady in general. Uh, that Chargers game was very wishy-washy uh, to what we remember. And, I mean, the Packers are losing people, too, but they still got Aaron Jones, and Aaron Rodgers is just humming right now. The two of them are humming. So it's just really hard to stop them. I just – I don't think this will be a field goal game. I think whoever wins wins by a touchdown. Uh, I'm leaning Packers here. I'm going to lean with the Packers here. But, honestly, at minus 124, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't care about that low. If I'm going to go with the favorite, I'm probably not touching the minus two. I'll just go money line at minus 124. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some really interesting numbers in this game. I, I was doing the analysis the other day, so I wrote, I wrote a couple things down here. Um, Tampa Bay's offense is ranked seventh overall. Green Bay's defense is 26. So I do think Tampa Bay is going to have mm -hmm. an advantage on that side of the football. But here's the crazy thing. Tampa Bay's defense right now, I think, is the number two ranked defense in my model, um, you know, again, based on a lot of the stuff that comes from They get pressure, outside. man. They get, they get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. I mean, you yeah. know Aaron Rodgers, the best way to slow him down is roughing him up. So that's why I'm kind of – I'm timid on this game. And the over-under is 54 here. So they're looking at points. Probably the, that's the largest total we've talked about yet. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, it's it's like the only defense that they have ranked better than them is the Indianapolis Colts, and they're very close to each other there. But Green Bay has the number one ranked offense in the entire NFL when you adjust for opponent, and it's by a pretty wide margin over the teams that are behind them, Kansas City, Seattle, and the Rams, who are all kind of bunched together there in, in second, third, and fourth. Like Green Bay has been the most efficient, the most productive offense coming out this season. So it's it's real interesting to see how that uh, how that game's going to play out, especially on that side of the football. Because like I said, you got the the most efficient offense that's coming out in the NFL right now against the number two defense. So something's got to give there. We got to see how that uh, how that works out. And like you said, my money. If I'm betting, my money's on Aaron Rodgers, man. Like, yeah, it's hard to bet against that man. But I've also heard, and I said this myself. You don't. I used to say you don't bet against the Pats and Tom Brady. Now I just say you don't bet against the Pats. But I guess it still rolls because it was a two-parter just because, you know, you trusted them both. I, I, I believe in both quarterbacks. I wanted to note here, I do see one and a half most places. So that's not everywhere. Uh, my numbers are from DraftKings. But you could check, check the uh, line over with our good friends at betonline.ag, and I'm sure they could help you out and find a, a nice line for you that you can get at a, at a good price. But, yeah, so to that point, the Bucks offense has not gone against barn burner defenses, to say the least. I mean, the Chargers are a good defense, and so is Denver, but Denver isn't what they used to be. And well, Denver's missing. Denver has a lot of holes from the defense that they were. Yeah. And obviously, that Chargers game, most of that's in the second half. So other than that, against Chicago, they didn't look great. Chicago's got to be a good defense. Chicago's defense is actually really and good. The thing, One the of the pack- reasons why I like them in that bet as well is Chicago's defense. I think mm-hmm. Chicago's defense right now is like, I think it's the number one, I'm trying to think, number one red zone defense, number two fourth quarter defense, number two against opponents on third down percentage. Like, there's a lot of numbers popping off the page in that Chicago defense, which is why, like, people are like, oh, man, how do you keep betting on Chicago? Like, yeah, you're right. I'm not betting on the offense. The offense has enough to put up a decent amount of points. And the defense does a really good job at limiting opponents where if the offense could just put up a couple points, they got a chance to win a lot of games. And that's, you know, that's why they're four and one right now. I was going to say the Packers defense isn't great, but they have a good enough pass rush and the Bucks offensive line obviously got muscled up by Khalil Mack last week. They haven't scored less than 30 in a game. I mean, crazy numbers they're putting up right now. Crazy numbers. Yeah. The Packers defense is one of the biggest disappointments so far. Um, yeah. They were good last year. Maybe those numbers were a little of a mirage. I don't know. But they're they're not even bad this year. They're, like, really bad. Like, they're mm-hmm. – and it might have something to do, too, with, you know, you got to take everything in context. Like, they're putting up a crap load of points on the offensive side. They're up a lot of points at the end of the game. So, this might be, like, a lot of it could be, you know, soft coverage that's kind of, you know, giving up a lot of yards and stuff like that when you're up two touchdowns at the end. You know what I'm saying? So – I still think that they have talented players. I don't think – I think right now they're ranked like 26th. I do not think this is one of like the worst seven or eight defenses in the league. So I expect them to improve on it here, but I don't think they're as dominant as they looked at times last year. Well, look, it's like the Dallas defense. Dallas defense is really bad, and the offense tends to look better because they're from behind and they're throwing the ball so often. This is like kind of the reverse of that in a sense. You know, the defense is going to give it up if you're up by – so many points. The Chiefs defense falls victim to that a lot of time, but obviously yep. we've seen, even in the playoffs, they are a very good defense when they want to turn up. They just, like, they got roasted by the Raiders this week. They're capable of giving up, you know, points, but they also are a very good defense. We'll go to Sunday at 8 p.m. here. 
This is a good one. I don't know who's that starting quarterback on the home side here for the San Francisco 49ers who just got mollywhopped at home by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, they are now two and three. I don't, I haven't even checked up on the Jimmy G news. So hopefully you can get, tell me more about that. If not, I got to look it up, but I'm not sure. I, gotta be honest, I don't think it was, I don't think it was an injury. I think he got benched. So does that mean he's starting this week? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it was one of those things. I think it was one of those things kind of like he wasn't a hundred percent and they were just kind of getting rolled anyway. And he looked like crap and they were just like, Hey, you know what? Why, why risk anything more? I don't. I mean, again, he didn't look good, so I can't imagine that's a positive. Well, yeah, and it's not going to get easier here. They're playing the Los Angeles Rams, whose defense is no joke. They're four and one. Only a three and a half point line here. Uh, that's the number you talk about. That three, obviously, there's a hook to it. Minus one seventy five on the money line. Initially, that's what I said. I lean just because it's a three and a half, and it's an easy way for me to pick a side here. I like the Rams just because. I mean, I don't know what the fuck is going on with the 49ers. And then there's still the list of season-ending injuries on that defense that doesn't make them the defense that they were last year. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at this game as as basically I'm right on the market. I think this is a number that I that I kind of like here, to be honest with you. It really comes down to like – like, I don't know. I mean, I have – I basically have Jimmy G right now as a league average quarterback. So him playing doesn't really add anything to the line for me. The only thing that would change anything would actually be if he's not playing. Like if he's not playing, I might even tick this down a little bit more in favor of the Rams, which is who I already have this in favor of anyway. Um, I'm looking at my numbers and my numbers actually break down to Rams minus three. And right now it's three and a half. So, I mean, I'm basically right on the market for the number that they have there. I wouldn't bet anything at three and a half here. If you told me that this was a pick 'em or that San Francisco was favored in some way, I would be all over the Rams side. If I had to pick a side, it would be the Rams. But again, at minus 175, like, it's not really a number I want to take on the money line. And I don't like being on the wrong side of the hook at three and a half. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, this is something I'd probably just, you know, figure out when the day comes or put a prop with it, you know, with a team win, you know, someone to score in a team win, that type of thing. Uh, yeah, it, it's. It's a wonky game. It's a little weird here because, you know, you got the two L.A. teams. It's a division game. Uh, it says 51 here at the over-under. I think they expect this Rams offense to, you know, look resurgent and, like, come alive against the 49ers. Well, the, Ram, the Rams so far this season, number two offense overall. In, uh, in, yeah, in the well, you know, Sean McVay, Sean McVay. But as a Giant fan, seeing them uh, kind of go ghost against us, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I Listen, Giants defense is good though, man. The Giants problem is not on the defensive side of the football. I think right now, I didn't adjust the numbers for this week. I didn't see them come out yet, but I think there's a chance the Giants could wind up being in the top 10 of uh, opponent-adjusted defense this week, which, uh, which is impressive. The problem is any they, compliment I can on the Giants. Uh, the, the problem is their offense is, is, was ranked 32nd going into last week. The only reason I know that is because uh, – you know, the Jets, it was the Giants, the Eagles, and the Redskins were ranked 28th, 30th, and 32nd DVOA. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 29th, 31st, and 32nd last week. It was basically the entire NFC East with the exception of Dallas, who uh, – where the hell was Dallas ranked? Dallas, was, Dallas isn't even all that great. They were like 10th or something like that. And that was before Dak got hurt. 
Yeah, well, uh, thanks to Jason Garrett's vanilla offense, uh, we climbed one spot this week, and he threw some uh, pre-snap motions in there. I'm getting real excited about our offense, as you can tell by the tone of my voice. I love our defense. I think our defense is great, and that's why I feel so confident uh, of, in them stopping the Redskins this week because fuck the Redskins offense. Uh, but the Rams, what I was getting at with the Rams, is just, you know, Jared Goff has his ebb and flows here. I I think Jimmy G is expected to start for the 49ers. I'm not sure. This is at Sunday night, so I might not touch this right away. Again, I said this might be an in-game, but if I had to lean to a side, I'm going to bet the Rams here. Let's move to Monday night games. Only one of these have a line because we are awaiting the results of the Bills game. Uh, the Bills will host the Chiefs at 5 p.m. That is the first game. Uh, the Bills are just getting run on right now. You would uh, – you would think they would anticipate the Titans just running the ball with Derrick Henry a lot after not practicing for two weeks, but I guess they didn't get the memo and he's running out the clock on them as we speak. Uh, do you like either side here? The chiefs have to travel to Buffalo. We could only guess this will be a relatively competitive game. I'm sure what three points, three and a half for what chiefs Buffalo. Yeah. Or more six. You going up to six. See, here's the problem. You can't, one, you can't pass seven. Rest is a big deal. And you're going to mm. get the Chiefs on eight days rest against the Bills on six days rest. Mm. That's a big deal. That's a, that's a really big deal. And plus, I mean, you know, I can't even really get – in the background right now as I'm talking to you looking at your television, I'm literally watching the game. So, I, yeah, when you turn your head enough <laughs> to the right, I can, I can see the whole thing that's going on right now. But that's the problem is, like, I don't know what's going to happen in this game. I mean, we could do this tonight, and Josh Allen could break his leg in the fourth quarter here, and anything we say right now is going to be pointless. So, I don't know. This is a game that I would expect the number to come in. I'll tell you right now, actually, what I would expect the number to come in here. Um, here, here's a good example of how we use power ratings here to, to kind of give you guys an idea. Because I have not even looked at this game, to be honest. Uh, so I have the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs as the number one team overall in my power ratings, even after the loss last week. I have them as more than nine and a half points better than the field. And then Buffalo, I have as the sixth team at about three points above. But that, that actually is a question mark there because we didn't put in this week's game yet. So uh, that number may wind up moving too, depending what happens. But yeah, I mean, I would have this as six points on a neutral field, maybe even six and a half on a neutral field. So with home field advantage, I'd still have this at like, this number should probably be four and a half or five when it comes out, Steve. Wow. Well, kind of makes sense. Uh, Derrick Henry scored another touchdown. They're down a billion points. Um, hopeful for a Josh Allen garbage time touchdown here to either Gabe Davis or Stefan Diggs. But yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. Uh, no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. They're going to suffer their first loss of the year probably. Hopefully, Josh Allen doesn't break his leg. I have too much stock in him. But if he does, that's the line might jump significantly. I think the Chiefs will beat them. I guess it's just a matter of where the, the line is. But I will definitely be betting a Josh Allen rushing touchdown, as I love to always do, despite it not hitting too much this year. I'm yeah. playing with house money still from last year. So that's the way I look at it. Let's move on to 8 p.m. 8 p.m. here, where there is a line. We have. The, the Arizona Cardinals, who last game played the Jets, so let's just act like they are still 2-2, two and two, but the record says 3-2. and two. Uh, They are the 2.5-point favorites against the Dallas Cowboys. They are 2.5-point home underdogs at 2-3. and 54.5 is the over-under. Benny, I'll, I'll, let me start with this. Do you believe in the red rifle? 
I mean, listen, this guy, this guy's been around the league for a while. Here's here's the thing. It's not like Andy Dalton is a bad quarterback. He's not a good quarterback, but he's not a bad quarterback either. Like there are there are more than half the teams in the league, or probably about half the teams in the league that would have rather had Andy Dalton than the guy they have starting right now. And yeah. there's also half the teams in the league that would not trade the guy they have starting for Andy Dalton. Like that's the thing. He's if he's the guy that you're trying to build a championship around, you're probably not going to get there. But if you're asking him to be a guy that can come in as a backup and win a couple games, like he's certainly capable of winning any of these games here. Here's the thing right now is you had to make an adjustment this week, and it's one of the hardest things to do. You had to make an adjustment this week for how good are the Dallas Cowboys without Dak Prescott? How many points is Dak worth to the Dallas Cowboys power ranking and grade for you? And for me, it's basically about four points. Like, I don't think Andy Dalton – I there are certain backup quarterbacks that when they come in, like Kyle Allen for the, for the Washington Redskins. When Kyle Allen was the starter, I basically moved my quarterback number down to, down to like minus one for him. So it actually made them – not that Haskins was good, but I actually had Allen as worse. Andy Dalton is still like a two-and-a-half or a three for me. So it's not like I'm moving down – like Dak was like a seven. So it's not like I'm moving them down a full touchdown for losing Dak. Like, I don't even know. Who's the Chiefs backup quarterback? It was Matt Moore, who I had full confidence in last year. I bet on him in one game as the Chiefs were home dogs and they won on a field goal against the Minnesota Vikings. I remember that game very specifically because Matt Moore's the fucking man. I don't know if he's still there, though. I, I, actually, don't hate, I actually don't hate Matt Moore. I wouldn't have him as a zero. Former Miami Dolphin Matt Moore. I think he was somewhere else, too. Yeah, like, like Lamar Jackson's a good one. Like, I would have RG3 as a round of zero as a backup quarterback. <laughs> So if Lamar Jackson got hurt, like I have Lamar Jackson, I think fourth or fifth in my quarterback rankings, he's worth about a touchdown too. You know, he was very similar to Dak and in, in worth to a team in my opinion. So like I would take them down like from, you know, like basically over a touchdown a game, I would take Baltimore down in my power rankings. They would be a below average team without Lamar Jackson because I have them as about seven points in my power rankings now with them. With Dallas, though, I didn't bring him down as far because, like I said, Andy Dalton is at least competent. Like, they dropped. You know, they went from being, a, you know, around a little bit above the middle of the pack to below the middle of the pack. But I still have them ahead of Arizona. So, for me, like, Dallas should have been favored by about a half a point in this game. And then the fact that they're home means Dallas should be, like, a two-point favorite. Now, the problem I had, which we talked about before, when you have these numbers that are below three, like, I have Dallas as minus two in my numbers. Right now, Arizona is minus two. So you would be like, oh, man, that's a four-point difference. That should be a play. But none of those numbers really mean anything down there. You know what I mean? So, like, to me, I don't want to take two and a half because you're not getting me above the field goal. If I'm making any play in this game, it's Dallas money line at plus 115. But it would not be like a, a play I'm putting a lot of money on or feel really great about. Yeah, no, I'm not betting on the Cowboys. But I will probably bet on the cards and be hopefully disappointed again. I just – I think D-Hop is going to go off. I, this Dallas defense, I just can't forget about it. And I'm not sure, man. I, I th- still think this cards defense can be exploited. Uh, the over-under is 54-and-a-half here. Uh, but, again, th- this Cowboys defense, man, I, I don't know. In terms of points, I don't – lean either side i would have loved your number so i could bet the cards as a road dog that would have been fantastic they're at minus 130 right now uh 
But again, I think there's going to be a lot of wait and see. Let's see if we can even get to Monday. Let's just wait for the COVID report tomorrow. Like we say every week, the last two weeks has been some shit. We're like, like you said with Josh Allen, it's like we're going to send this out tomorrow and then bang, we're going to have three teams shut down. The Dolphins are going to give the Jets COVID. As soon as well, apparently it. I heard, I actually heard that there's a player in Chicago that tested positive. So that Bears Panthers game might be one that you guys can put a little pin in for right now and, uh, you know, see what happens, which would suck for me because now that the now that the spread already moved like forty cents in my favor, I really want this game to play. <laughs> <laughs> agreed, agreed. I'm putting in the bet as we speak. Um, yeah, man, th- this COVID stuff has been crazy. There's been a ton of schedule changes. Or again, two Monday night games, no Thursday night game. Kind of disappointed. I mean, I'm happy we got a Tuesday night game, but you know, Thursday night. What am I going to do now? Where am I? What, what am I going to watch while I'm eating wings? The, the MLB playoffs? Like, come on, like, no, no chance. By the way, um, does the NBA Finals count, Benny? In your book, did the Lakers win it? Yeah, the Lakers won it, dude. I honestly think I'm, I'm going to give a shout out right now to Adam Silver because I honestly think that the NBA was the the NBA did the best job from start to finish with everything on this restart here. They were, they, were the, they were smart. They put everybody in a bubble. They did it the right way, and I thought it was awesome. I probably will never I hope that I hope that I'm wrong, but I will probably never be alive again for a period of 60 days where I could wake up at you know 10 o'clock in the morning and know that there was going to be basketball on from noon to 10 o'clock at night. Like that was, that was as a basketball fan, that was amazing. Yeah, well, it was makeup for not having March Madness, which, again, is something we used to watch together, which was fantastic. Nothing better than March Madness. Really wish the NCAA pulled that one together because they still could have done it. But, Benny, this was awesome. I feel like I should run through and circle all my games again. But, okay, here we go. I'm going to just do it because last time I did it, and obviously it worked out well. So we're going to go Ravens. I'm going to tease that down, but we're on that number. Give me the Giants. I'm taking the Bears. A lot of road teams here. A lot, a lot of road teams. I want to take a dog since that's being said. I'm going to take the Bucks as a home dog because I like to waste my money. Give me the Dolphins. We'll tease that one down as well. I'm leaning towards the Rams, and I'll take the cards. Um, yeah, Benny. I'll put together this teaser. Oh, and um, the Colts will definitely be in that. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. I forgot the Colts game. I didn't pick a side on that one, but that was a bonus. We know where you sit on that one. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you guys are interested, I mean, Miami, you tease them down to minus two. Make that the, the key team in your teaser. Mm-hmm. And then I like you can tease Indy down to minus two. I like that a lot. You can tease the Baltimore Ravens down to one and a half. I like that a lot. You can tease Chicago up to eight and a half. You get through the three and the seven that way. I like those that the one a lot. I have right now written down. Do you have a – are those the four for the Benny – Tease of the week. I mean, last week you only had two, and that one was money again. Well, I loved that one. I thought that was a lock last week. Just like I think Miami's a lock this week, which is why I'm keying them. So mm-hmm. what, what I really mean – what I mean by keying is, like, I played, I played three two-team teasers. The biggest one I have is the one with Baltimore and uh, the Miami Dolphins. That's the one I put the most money mm-hmm. on. Tease uh, the Ravens one and a half on the road. Tease Miami minus two at home. And then the other two were about half a unit for me. So I had, uh, what was that? The Dolphins and um, the Chicago Bears at plus uh, eight and a half. Actually, I did it earlier in the week. I actually got it at plus nine. Uh, So that's at plus nine. And then what was the other one I had, the other team? Oh, then Indy. And then I did Indy and the Dolphins both down to minus two as home favorites. Um, 
for enough for half a unit as well. So those were the three I made. And then, like I said, the numbers, the other number, I really like that Chicago plus three. If you're going to bet it right now, don't take two and a half. Go ahead and take the uh, plus 125 or whatever you can get on the money line on that. Uh, that's still the side of that game I want to be on. And at any point this week, if you see Rams minus three, I would take that too because I would expect that Rams number to go up, not down. I also thought in my head I could also add the Bucks to that teaser at two, similar to the Bears, and bring that up past the seven, past the three. So uh, there that is, Benny. There that is. That was the three, Pete. Uh, that was awesome. Hopefully we do great again. And hopefully the viewers are finally out there listening and believe that we know what we talk about. You know, this, this, this isn't just a joke. Okay. It kind of is. I mean, listen, when I, when you bet the giants against the Redskins, it is a joke. <laughs> I, I mean, I told you, I took the Redskins earlier in the week, man. I'm sitting at plus plus one sixty three on that game. I, I'm pretty happy with that. That's a, cause again, you know, I, I don't bet teams. I bet, I bet numbers, right? Like that's what I tell people all the time. And, it, and it's, when you understand that, you understand sports betting. Because if you told me that that game was, uh, you know, a coin flip, like it was a pick 'em, I'd probably be on the giant side of it. But if you're, but really, to me, like anything can happen in that game. I wouldn't be shocked if either one of those teams blew out the other one. I wouldn't be shocked if it was a close game that came down to a touchdown. Like, I don't. I think the the range of outcomes for that game is basically everything. I don't. I don't see any way that that game doesn't make sense, no matter what happens. Because I have no idea what's going to happen there. And when that's the case. If you're going to pay me plus 163, let me see here, plus 163, 263 over there. You're basically telling me that the Washington Redskins only have like a, you know, basically like a 40% chance to win that game. And I, I just think that's too low. I think at best it's 52-48. Mm-hmm. So anything below, anything above like a plus 110 on the Redskins, I'd probably be interested in. Well, if you want to feel more confident, I've said the Giants are going to win their next game since week two. And the Giants are 0-5. But again, Benny, thank you for coming on. I'd love for the Giants to win again. And I appreciate your compliment to our defense. I'm sorry about Lev. And uh, damn, yo, you're a Jet fan. So, hey, not. listen, I'm, I'm a Jet fan. <laughs> I'm used to disappointment, bro. Yeah, well, hopefully this won't disappoint the viewers and the listeners out there. Um, Benny, thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, anytime. That interview with Benny Ricciardi was brought to you by betonline.ag betonline your online sportsbook experts all right big shout out again to benny for coming on for the third straight week i hope you guys listen to what we are saying obviously it's working out for us i hope it is also working out for you big shout out to him again make sure you give him a follow on twitter give us a follow on twitter as well myself at tino rodriguez with a double underscore as well as the podcast page at ny football pod be sure to also like download rate and subscribe on all podcast platforms apple podcast google play stitcher spotify and the believe website thank you guys for tuning in see you next week
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.